Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We're the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains in transit, adventures in life hacks, and today, summer isn't over yet. Today. Yes. That's right, we've got... Aaron and Guthrie in the studio. <laughs> yeah, we got us. W- welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Guthrie. Well, thank you. Clink. As cheers. We, as we cheers our drinks. You know, these drinks are pretty fantastic, and mm. I'm not sure if we had a chance to mention them last episode, but even if we did... It came in late. It did? It came in a little bit on the late side. Late side. Well, let's start the show off well. Yes. And uh, give thanks to the beer mongers. On Southeast 12th and Division. Right on. Um, drinking the Ferment Brewing Company Assam Kombucha, which I'm really enjoying. It's, it's yeah. very crisp. It's actually very fitting for a day like today. I saw the Lionheart, and well, I'm a big Lionheart fan. Yes. Or I should say, Lionheart! Nice! Good job. Thanks. I practiced <laughs> on the write-up. Uh, I just, you know, I saw that Assam, too. You know, that Assam sitting right next to it. And I was like, you know, it's an Assam day. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm having the Blewett Brewing Company Iron Rabbit Hazy IPA. Uh, and it's got this really interesting kind of like, not Transformers-like um, rabbit with a double battle axe on the can. And I am a label person, so yeah. that is the one I chose. That's that's pretty cool, yes. it's. I don't know if we need to get into the hazy discussion, but you know, it's <laughs> like, I would call it flavor of the week, but it feels like it's been flavor of the summer. <laughs> And this is no shade on anybody in general. Like, I feel like you always get your, uh, new, like, that's stupid. And you're right. like, uh, old, that's stupid. Like, I think if you like drinking it, then, then go for power it. to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you, d- you do you. But there's certainly a lot of choices for hazies this summer, uh, I have noticed. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I, I, off of the top of my head, I feel like there's about 15 different hazies. <laughs> that's, that, that's a lot for, like, I know. Because that's. That's not just a specific, like, yeah, a specific type of beer, like, you know, stout, IPA, mm-hmm. lager, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a specific IPA. It's like a, exactly. a niche within a niche. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you know what? I was drinking Hazy IPA before people were drinking Hazy. Before IPA. it was called Hazy, <laughs> and then they rebranded it <laughs> Yeah, to get the kids. Well, they, they just, and this is not totally true but you know they just saw that sediment and they're like hmm how can we market this let's just call it hazy <laughs> we don't have to <laughs> get our processes tight well. and yeah. uh people will still buy it <laughs> <laughs> and we did <laughs> yep it's true i don't know i i i uh am definitely one who enjoys trying like new things or fresh things so yeah. um it's not that i don't have my oldie goldies but I, I, I like the spice. What is it? Variety is the spice of life? Yes. I feel like I subscribe to that right to a decent degree. What is what is a beer that you kind of default <laughs> to if you're like, I'm not sure what I want, but I know I want a beer? Hmm. That's a difficult question. Like any that would be assuming that like any beer that could be in the default is available at the store. Like I feel like I have well, my store defaults. Well, let me clarify. Okay. I don't necessarily mean like any particular brand or ah. anything, but as far as like, you know, well, I could say for myself, when it comes to coffee, mm-hmm. no matter where I am, I know I can get a decent Americano, uh, which okay. maybe some coffee people will be like, 
that's a contradiction. But <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> right, right. But you know, whether I I end up at a Starbucks or some like local niche place, if I'm not sure like what I want, or if I'm not sure if if their roasts are any de- are any good, mm-hmm. Starbucks kind of looking in your direction. Uh, off, off. <laughs> uh, I I can always just default to an Americano. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. Okay. Well, to answer one question and then the other, or another, um, that's mo- for me, that's a mocha. Okay. Like, I like yeah. milk and I like coffee. Ta-da! Toss some sugar in it, call it a day. Uh, but for beer, I, I'm going to be that person that's like, yeah, I like IPAs. <laughs> Um, and I, I preface that with like the, the joke, which is like, well, my father's an IPA drinker, so I'm an IPA <laughs> drinker too. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just kind of like you grow up and you get used and his to his father before him. And yeah. Yeah. So, so like going way back, I didn't start, uh, drinking beer until I was about 23 or 24. Um, came to it like a lot later than most people I know of, or at least grew up around. Um, and I was up in Alaska, like having, I think. Rainier, and then there was, uh, was it the Alaska, there's the Alaska Brewing Company or something like that. They have like three different styles. I pretty much like drank a couple of those in the winter up in Alaska, and then I was like, eh, I could see why people drink in Alaska. And so from there, like quickly went <laughs> yeah. to IPAs, but didn't get on the like heavy alcoholic train, which was well, nice. That's good. It was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased with that. <laughs> so um, yeah, IPAs, that would be my go. I do like trying a lot of different things, especially at the bike shop uh, when we did like tasting tours. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's this impression that one has to finish one's drink if one orders. And I try pretty actively to push against that. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah." Well, it's like if you want to go for it, obviously have at it. But um, people would do that. It's kind of like that bike apologist thing where they're like, you're like, I ride bikes or like they're like, what do you do? And they're like, I work at a bike shop. They're like, oh. I haven't ridden in a while. I should probably do that. You know, they're like, oh, well, I should, I should probably finish my beer. And I'm like, no, if you don't want to finish, don't finish. Right. (laughs) That's the point. It's a tasting. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. Okay. So don't, don't let anybody make you feel bad for not finishing a beverage. Life is too short. (laughs) Good point. Anyway. Um, yeah. So it's us in the studio. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? Well, summer's not over. It's true. as, As I said earlier. And, um, so I wanted to talk about plans for the summer, if there's any any developing plans in your life. But also wanted to mention that uh, I just went on a semi-impromptu ride out to Stub Stewart with <gasps> my special lady. With your boo. Yes. Um, nice. We had planned to do like what, what uh, Eric had um, done with the three parks in three days Mm -hmm. that was gosh going on two weeks ago i think yeah and we had some issues with fender fit did i complain about this before Uh, does this sound unfamiliar i don't know if complain would be the word i'd use (laughs) i think we chewed it over okay yeah yeah so i had pretty much given up on that but um tuesday yes yesterday was wednesday for me tuesday uh Got up, and it was just sort of like just another regular old day. But we still had all the camping stuff out and was going to start putting it away. And after some discussion, 
and I was like, let's just go to Stub Stewart and back. Nice. Uh, you know, her bike was in working order, and I was like, I don't know. It's like so last minute. And I'm talking like it's already maybe nine thirty, ten o'clock when we're talking about going to Stub Stewart. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be approaching the hottest point of the day when we're like oh. out riding. I thought you were talking PM. I was oh. like I was like, that's my kind of tour. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool actually. It would be cool. Yeah. Um have you by the way, uh, sorry. By the way, sidebar. Have you been out on the Banks Renonia Trail in the dark? Yeah. There's this point where, like, it's it's a total clearing on either side. Mm-hmm. And in the dark, you can just see, like, you look up and you see, like, all the stars. Yeah. It's amazing. The last time I was there, and I think actually the only time I was there, other than being up in Vernonia uh, in the dark, was it was a bit clouded over. But I totally believe you. Yeah. I, I was... don't know if I would do the approach. Like, okay. Like... From Hillsborough to Banks, mm-hmm. and even through Banks, I don't know if I would do that in the dark with a whole lot of confidence. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're definitely you have, there's some risk factors involved. Yeah, put it lightly. Yeah, I'm not there yet. It's all good. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. So we went out to Side Stub Stewart. Over. <laughs> we went out to Stub Stewart, and um, we did bike. We took the max out to Hillsborough. Take the blue line all the way to the end. And uh, that's actually a much longer ride than I thought it was. Yeah, you like know, 45 minutes? Then you realize? Right about? I think it's closer to an hour. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's got yeah, some legs. And, no, I, I totally forgot like how many stops there were because uh, this is... Apologies to anyone who's outside of Portland right now. But listen in closely, because maybe you'll have a chance to ride this sometime. <laughs> True. The red and the blue line are light rails. Well, two of the lines on the on our light rail system. Mm-hmm. They, from downtown beyond, are the same tracks mm-hmm. up until Beaverton, or the Beaverton Transit Center. And then that's when the red line ends. Is it? And the blue okay. line keeps going. Okay. Um, I didn't realize how many stops there were after oh, that yeah. point. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, I was like, oh, we're at Beaverton Transit Center. Cool. Sweet. We're almost there. <laughs> no, we're not. It's, you're another, actually... it's another like half hour to 20 minutes. You're closer to Portland at Beaverton, T.C. than you are to your destination at the end. <laughs> yeah. It, it feel, or at least it feels like. So, yeah. yeah, it certainly feels that way because mm-hmm. you've been outside of quote-unquote outside of portland for a while by that time yeah but to me it's worth it to take the max rather than ride the whole way not so much for time but for effort Mm -hmm. all respect and kudos to all you who want to bike the whole way and do those west hills of portland good on you i'm not there i may never be there I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I will always, if we're going to Stubbs Stewart, I will always take the, yeah, the max out to Hillsboro. Definitely, yeah. The uh, it is it is a bit of a trip. The first year that I worked in Portland, I didn't live in Portland. Um, oh, that's right. You yeah. lived in Forest Grove. Well, I lived so I'd I'd been at university in Forest Grove, but then there was a intermittent period where I was crashing at some friends' houses out in Hillsboro. Oh, okay. so I would I got 
the job at the bike shop, but I was commuting in every day. Uh, oh, geez, from, from Hillsboro. Yeah, like basically from the Hatfield Government Center. Uh, so that that was like my stop. Which is the end of the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I did actually quite like it. It okay. definitely takes a chunk out of your day. Um, but I've always appreciated the Max and the ability to read a book or listen to a podcast or like get your groove on with some music. I think as long as you plan for the distance, it doesn't seem oh, totally. so long. Totally. Um, so in a similar sense to like riding to work or such, uh, you get that little bit of thought period. But like, yeah, it. since I don't do that anymore, the last time I took it, um, I, I, th- I can identify with that feeling because I was like, oh, this is like way longer than I remember it being. Um, so I guess when you're, when you're getting back into it or such, but it, it is pretty neat that you can go pretty much out to the end of the urban growth boundary in Portland, um, off of the max, like you're yeah. only eh, maybe 10 miles from the end of it there. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm a max fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that said, we took the max out nice. and then rode, it's only like 21 miles maybe mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of little stops that way too or like reorienteers it feels like uh between explain. i'm not sure what you mean so uh, the number of roads that you have to stop and check to make sure you're going the correct direction oh, okay. on, in yeah. between getting off the max and arriving in banks is like six or seven it feels like sounds about right yeah yeah I when I when I did my trip um last month I was like, Oh, I remember how to do this. <laughs> and then I got about halfway in between the two and it was very apparent that I didn't remember how to do it. Oh <laughs> so maybe maybe I took sort of a circuitous route. Um but there is the Oregon Cena bikeway which runs out that direction. So yeah. if you hit the patch well, uh there's some nice route finding signs. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh I remember seeing those. Uh, definitely tried to stay off of, what is that, 47, Mm -hmm. I think it is, Highway 47, as much as possible. That makes sense. Uh, In fact, I rerouted us. So I used Google originally, but then, you know, double-checked with with other maps and rerouted the Google directions to a point to where, like, we were on 47. You have to be on it for a little while, but Mm -hmm. we were on it as little as possible right before getting into banks. Yeah, basically under the underpass. Yep, yep, pretty much. And, um, yeah, took the... took the trail, the banks Renonia trail, all the way the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. And one thing we always forget about the banks Renonia trail... Is it's just a steady incline? Oh, yep. <laughs> no, not not pretty much the whole, not the entire way, but um, I would say what that last four or five miles. Yeah, I think into, it, into the campsite. What is it? The trail is twenty-one miles. The total distance or the total height gained is like nine hundred feet. That sounds about right. Something yeah. something in that range. But yeah, it's very gradual. You're you're at just above like some percentage of gain for the first five miles i feel like yep and then you're at right about two or three percent the whole rest of the time well and yeah. eh, maybe like one and a half but here's the funny thing is while it's fairly gradual after having biked again in the hottest part of the day mm-hmm. um which there's hardly any shade up until you get into yeah, banks it's brutal yeah um which i got i showed you earlier i've got my cool glove tan you can even see like the holes from the mesh mm-hmm. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. through there dig it uh, we should get uh, a anyways. photo of that for the oh, post by the way yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> anyway 
What was I saying? No shade. No oh, shade. Oh, that last push, though, after having been biking through that, mm-hmm. like, you just feel done, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that last push was a little bit difficult for me. But, yeah, totally. But we made it, and it was cool. It was a nice, nice evening in. We like to uh, cook over an open fire. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who bike um, want to do, like, their, their stoves and stuff like that. Um, I will bring a cast iron skillet with us to oh, yeah? cook over a fire. And it nice. was kind of funny because um, the people we shared the fire with, because they have communal fires there, mm-hmm. they... You stayed at the... Um... Was it Brookwood? Brook Creek. Brook Creek. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, they have like a communal campfire. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the people that we shared the fire with, I don't think they had the fire or they, they saw the fire in the fire pit as a means to an end, <laughs> as opposed to like, you just sit around it while you're camping. <laughs> Sorry. Like when you, you know? said that, I pictured myself or I pictured like people like jumping into the fire. Oh, <laughs> but that's probably not what was happening. No, no, no. They're, but they were oh. just like sitting around. It, it was like a family with kids, and, ah. and they were really cool. They were cool people. Okay, but I don't think they realized like, like, oh yeah, you cook with this stuff. Ah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay, you don't just make s'mores and and just hang out mm-hmm. and talk. I mean, you, you can, know? you can, and that's the beauty. Of it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we use it as cooking. <laughs> We use it to cook our food. I feel like if Tad was listening in, he'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our friends from Scuba. Um, yeah, it was cool. That was a fun time. Nice. Um, coming back was so much easier mm-hmm. than getting out. Uh, one, because we left a lot earlier than we did from Portland. Um, but yeah, it made me think. Um, I was sort of lamenting the fact, even before going camping, um, how summer was quote unquote over Mm. and it it did slash does it like there, I, I identify with that feeling. Yeah. Like in a small sense. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Like it's almost August. Not necessarily true, but, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and everybody knows August is like when summer's really over. Yeah. Right. Like people start going back to school and like. You've missed your shot, buddy. Well, it's not all writing on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so it's not over. And, you know, there's still shit to do. Mm -hmm. So let's go out and do it. Yeah. So how was your summer? My summer has been good. Yeah. Yet I have been sort of waxing and waning between the feeling of, um, like, wanting to keep progressing uh, with like my knowledge about a lot of the work that I'm doing right now because it like getting into the technology sector it just feels like you're climbing a mountain that never stops Um, (laughs) and it it actually doesn't stop so I think what I'm coming more to in the realization of is that uh, if I want to go out and do things I need to go out and do things (laughs) Uh, so I've been working on a side project with some friends that usually meets on the weekends. And so I was like, well, I have a thing this weekend. And so you don't feel like you want to take off necessarily. But um, I'm trying to find like the confidence, I guess, to be like, I will not be here Friday and Monday because I will be gone. Where am I going? It doesn't matter because doesn't I won't matter. be here. Uh, yes. <laughs> so like to do that, like for myself, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And that's been something I guess I've been like, working up to but i've also realized that yeah 
I have the ability to take off on a Friday um, and maybe do like biking on Friday and then you get like a two nighter out of it and can still be back on Monday or something yeah. like that. So I'm not a hot weather rider. And so that has definitely been something that like if I was to ride in the summer, I would have to commit a little harder to it to really get into the groove. Um, do like some I, of that night riding. Yeah. Well, like I don't, I don't really mind hot weather in all honesty. Like I've biked in Arizona in the like late spring and it's just like, yeah, okay. It kind of like is 95 right now, but that is what it is. Yeah. I, it's not like I seek that out to any degree. Uh, but at the same time I can justify or like wrap my head around it a little easier. If I'm like, you're doing this for a week as opposed right. to like two days. Cause you're like two days shit that's hot like i don't want to do that for two days <laughs> but you know when you like stoke yourself or or like buy into it emotionally um so something i've been wanting to do is maybe make a trip back down to southern oregon um and we were talking with was it chris with go dig a hole yeah and he was talking about the calmiopsis region Oh and yeah. I like have really wanted to get back down there and just kind of explore some of the BLM roads. And so I find myself at this um maybe this jumping off point of if I want to do that, there's some amount of vehicle driving that might need to happen. And for me that's always been the sticking point. <laughs> so um I hope to do at least like one bike overnight or two bike overnights in the month of August and then hopefully um in August or, or like September, maybe for uh, Labor Day weekend or something like that, go back down to Southern Oregon and be like, okay, yeah, it's happening. I'm getting in a car, but I'm taking my bike with me Yeah, and just yeah. Uh, go for it. Um, I am also looking at Amtrak options in that area um, just to kind of see what's going on. But I feel like if you get down into that spot, you can kind of, um, yeah, it's just an area I've always loved in Oregon. So kind of exploring your backyard, but like your wider backyard right on. as it is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's inspired, but have not yet taken advantage <laughs> of. <laughs> well, yeah, and that was, I don't know, it's just one of the things that, like, has been hitting me is we've got this weather, and it's beautiful mm -hmm. in the summer. It's yeah. been a little weird. It's been awesome. But it's been, well, th these past few days has been awesome. But oh. as far as, like, <laughs> as far as, like, summer averages, mm -hmm. this has been a weird July. Yeah. Um, I should, we should clarify when Guthrie says awesome, he means <laughs> below 85 <laughs> when Aaron says awesome, he I, means I might, 80 or above. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might be in the opposite camp there. That's all right. Um, what was that? Where was that going with this? July anyway, has been weird. July has been a little weird. <laughs> Admittedly. And yeah. Yeah. But there's still time to go out there oh, yeah. and do stuff. I am going to be in Michigan for the next couple weeks. Nice. Um, I don't know if I'll have any opportunity to do much outside of family stuff, mm -hmm. um, but my hope is to get some biking in and, nice. and visit some, some shops. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my favorite things about biking or just traveling is visiting the bike shops. Visiting bike shops? Yeah. Yes. Like, you're yeah. like, I'm totally that person that will stop into bike shops and, like, get a drink or, you know, some little piece and see what is going on in some place that isn't Portland. Well, yes, and I this it was revealed to me uh, a few weeks ago. We were in Denver, mm -hmm. and I went to the Denver Bicycle Cafe, which is amazing. It's, um, I think it's everything that Velocult 
could have been if we allowed it to stay open. I mean, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, and I should clarify, like, I don't know the ins and outs of the circumstances of why Velo closed. They closed and, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it's this uh, Denver bicycle shop. It's a full service bike shop. Mm-hmm. And it was, or it is a, um, a full service bar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, beer, coffee, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did have, I would say one of the things, one of the disadvantages or advantages, depending on how you look at it, there was definitely a separation between the cafe side and the bike shop side. Ah, okay. You know, they're bifurcated. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what did that look like? It was essentially as if somebody took two storefronts that were adjacent to each other and just knocked down the wall. Ah, okay. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Um, and, you know, but in the meantime, like, like they each sort of each side has had its own focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. I bought a mug. Um, I should have brought it with me. Uh, it was a, it was enameled steel. So Ooh. yeah. Amazing. Fancy mug. Um, forgot it. On my way out to Stub Stewart, though. Oh no! We, but you remembered the skillet. We remembered the skillet and our copper. Um, we have a copper. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Pot mm-hmm. to boil water in, and yeah, like a saucepan. Like, yeah, it's like a saucepan. Only it's like deep and um, small, as okay. opposed to like wide. Okay, you know. Uh, and anyways, we didn't bring any mugs. We didn't bring any plates. <laughs> <laughs> and we always planned to, to stop at like a grocery store in banks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got all that and we got out into the campground before we realized like we had no plates. Or anything. Oh, but I, we did buy tortillas. And oh, so yeah. those were our plates. Boom. Instant plate. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's so true. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyways, back to uh, Denver bicycle shop. One thing I realized was pointed out to me, uh, when I visit bike shops, I visit with a very Portland lens. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be good or bad, but I would definitely say to most people who don't know Portland or who um, don't necessarily live in Portland or or have visited much, Mm -hmm. it can be a bad thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you, I, it was, again, it was pointed out to me and I totally agree. Like I kind of came across as a bit of a snob. <laughs> yeah. And so all apologies <laughs> to the Denver bicycle shop. Wait, like somebody walked up to you and was like, you're being a total snob, Aaron. Well, it was, it was someone that I care about very much. Oh, okay. Whose opinion like, uh, I trust. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like I, I can totally, I, I see where you're coming from on that because yeah. like, and this is certainly not all bike shops within portland but you kind of get that sense of like you walk into many and you're like all right blow me away like give me your best shot (laughs) yeah how how can you wow me come on what you don't have kombucha on tap all right i'm out of here (laughs) yeah i mean like they definitely the bar on like what a bike shop is and how a bike shop can bike shop has certainly i don't even know if it's raised necessarily but it's like pushed in certain directions so in a similar sense to like what is what is maybe like following trends of popularity within bike shop uh 
visitation or something like that. Like there's definitely like you walk into a shop in Portland, you're like, yep, total Portland bike shop. But if you dropped it, you know, somewhere else, you'd be like, wow, these folks are trying way too hard. Okay. Sorry for that interruption. A little bit of technical issue. And we're back. And we're back. Okay. Um, so feeling saying, out of place in a Portland or in a non-Portland bike shop. I, I, I get that. Um, whenever I head back home and most recently about two weeks ago, like the bike shop is a aisle or it's the bike shop is like an eighth of an aisle in the Ace Hardware or like the local hardware store. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's the bike shop. But like they still do a lot of stuff and they have like a stand and they make it they make it work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to like maybe the right word would be inform or temper or set your expectations within the construct of, yeah, it's it's not Portland or like we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. And also, I I can only say for myself, I guess, I live in a bit of a bubble. Mm. And with that bubble, there's a certain amount of privilege that mm. I I have that, like, while riding a bike, a, a person on a bike still kind of, it feels like you're kind of a second or third class citizen as far as, like, support from the city or... Um, how maybe your fellow road users uh, interact mm. with you. That said, we still have it really good here. Yeah. And and the culture, as far as like the people within the biking community, the people within the industry here in Portland, mm -hmm. like are really supportive. Oh yeah, incredibly so. Yeah. Um. And. That's not that's not necessarily the case anywhere else, and that's not to say like like bike shops aren't supportive. It just may not necessarily be on the radar per se. Mm. It may just not necessarily be like part of the culture. Hmm. Okay, and I don't see that as as good or bad. It's just the way things are. Mm -hmm. That said, though, I come to things sometimes with this sort of Portland perspective, mm -hmm. and it's like. Well, why don't you have a cap with your logo on it? Oh, well, okay. Why don't you have X, Y, or Z? And I don't ever, you know, I don't ever actually say that, but I... You go ring the bell on the counter. <laughs> Where are your Pedro lovers? <laughs> bang, 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 bang. But I, it was pointed out to me, and I don't disagree, that it's possible, it's possibly within the subtext of how I talk to people, especially when I say, like, I'm from Portland. You know, the cool Portland. <laughs> I don't say it like that, but I, I do sometimes say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. My experience <laughs> is um, bike shops generally anywhere are trying to do the best they can with the situation given to them. Good. Yes, yes. And to the extent that that remains true, good on you. Thanks. Also, to be clear, there's some really fucking awesome bike shops out there. Oh, hell yeah. Angry Catfish in Minneapolis. I mean, there's tons of yeah. really awesome bike yeah, shops yeah. in Minneapolis. Lest anybody think Denver that we're bike, like denigrating yeah. bike shops that aren't from Portland. No. That is not no, what we're doing. That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is my perspective tends to maybe get in the way of fully appreciating 
mm. what bike shops outside of Portland have to offer. Okay. Yes. Well, well said. <laughs> On to um, further plans for the summer. Mm-hmm. Since it's not over, I'm getting out there. I'm going to go camping at least one more time, if not two more times. I don't know when, but I'm going out there, and I would like to do like a big kind of like group mm-hmm. ride camp out. Yeah. How do we do this? What is it? I'm soliciting advice from anyone out there. Like, what is a good campsite to go to? Um. Uh, yeah, what is a good, what do I want to say, like, uh, ride? Mm-hmm. What are some advice for, for ha- riding with a large group of people on an overnight? Hmm. Out of Portland. Yeah. Let us know. Where would you like to go camp and possibly spend a weekend hanging out with? I... Feel like I would chuck suggestions up in Mount Hood direction over, but that's just oh, probably yeah. a miserable place to go and bring a group <laughs> of people to ride. You want to take this highway all the way yeah. east, mm. up this incline, highway. all the way up. Yep, exactly. I will say though that it's what is that highway there? Twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So beyond San, beyond Sandy, it's kind of nutty, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of shoulder. It's just not a and fun. No, it's, no, not at all. It's, it's not quiet. Yeah, like <laughs> where could we take a bike ride with ten or fifteen people and actually hear each other when we talk? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I would go Stub Stewart. Like, there's so many other places. Ooh, well, um, the Trask Trail springs to mind. Yeah, but that's also a bit of a a Is bit, a of, bit a, of a trek. Well, uh, I've not ridden it. That's actually one of the places I want to go check out this summer. Uh, ever since Phil from, I think I episode like almost two years ago now, uh, was talking about his trip over that. And then, yeah, I, I definitely want to go try that. It sounds like it's pretty technical. Like if you brought your 26 inch Surly, you might not have a great time. Okay. Uh, the coast is really nice though. Like you can, you can definitely hit the coast. Ooh, here, I'm going to toss this one out. Oh, right. Not necessarily for, like, the ride part of it is a bit grueling, but at the same time, it's, like, a short but sweet. We could do a two-night and go over Highway 6 and then hit Keenig Creek Campground and then out towards, like, Cape Lookout or something like that. That's, like, this is my... I'm just tossing a pie in the sky out to get your your juices flowing. One of the only big group camp campouts i've done okay we went out to i think it was jones creek mm-hmm. yep uh, just down the road from Keating creek six yeah, yeah totally yeah um and it was great. it was closed actually well it wasn't closed oh that's great well clarification jones has, uh... clarification it was full mm. and um it was getting dark mm-hmm. and so we ended up taking this uh um logging road up the hill a little bit further and sort of bandit camping. Yep. Um, Jones Creek has a lot of the um, ATV but then we ended crowd. Up, yeah, we ended up in Cape Lookout oh, nice. the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It's gorgeous out there. It's pretty nice. Yes. I'm thinking... Impossible to start a fire. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I like I like the coastal idea in a sense because uh, 
there are for anybody that doesn't want to ride back to Portland, there's good transit with the wave oh, yeah. coming out of Tillamook. Yeah. And um I have seen the wave like they technically have four bike slots. I've seen them fit twelve bikes on that bus before. Because um, they have a lot of people who are doing the um, Pacific Crest Trail, and okay. then they'll well not eh, the Coastal Trail. How am I forgetting the name of our Highway 101? People driving Highway oh, one, right. or uh, riding Highway 101. Anyway, they'll like get to Tillamook and then they want to bail on their uh, journey from Canada to Mexico uh-huh. and like make it to Portland, but not necessarily ride to Portland. So they'll usually take the wave back, and I've seen them like cram bicycles onto that thing. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, Jane and I used to do a lot of trips out to the coast in exactly that fashion is you spend your your time riding out to the to the coast and then you spend more time just chilling and then when you need to hit you just catch the wave you just back. kept the oh wow so that to me is appealing because the coast is uh colder than the interior of oregon potentially in the end of august <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> also a pretty fun route and there's there's a decent enough shoulder that if we were riding as a pack there would be a semblance of safety right in, in numbers yeah, and that's kind of my thing too is safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um I never felt in danger uh when it was just uh Anna and I. Mm-hmm. But also in the meantime, I did realize like if one of us were to uh, have an emergency of any kind, that leaves the other to essentially leave mm-hmm. the person with the emergency yep. by themselves, yep. you know. But like to be fair, if you're on a main highway and there's an emergency, like you that, can always flag someone down. It, and, that's kind of the charm of it, in a sense. Like, yeah, not everybody's going to stop, but chances are somebody will stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not that you should rely on that, but it, it just feels like that's the way of it. Sure. You just reminded me of another place that I really want to bike before the end of the summer, and maybe I'm like, ah, oh, now I have contention for myself in Oregon plans. Have you ever thought about um, doing the backside of Mount St. Helens up around? No. Like maybe up I've to... honestly never camped in Washington. What? Yeah. Aaron, we I... really need to go camp in Washington. <laughs> it's, it's like your I neighbor to the north to is amazing. I to, I think it was Battleground Lake. Yeah. And I had to pass it up uh, okay. last minute. Oh, um, gosh. But I hear good things about that one. It's it's a climb, the, you yeah, know. But it's, but it's not that far either. It's not super far you can go up towards Cougar and then kind of wind your way around the back to the South side observatory. Uh, that's kind of my favorite place to go check out. Um, and there's this really cool redwood grove up, uh, partway through that very few people stop at because it's not well signaged. Uh, Ah. but it's one of the only spots on the side of the blast from St. Helens that didn't get taken out in regards to the redwoods in that little vicinity. So I always love like stopping there. So a lot of that's still like old growth stuff. Yeah. Um, I, uh, a park ranger, this is, this is hearsay from a park ranger, but they were like, yeah, this is one of the only few remaining like old growths of redwoods within the national park for Mount St. Helens. Wow. Um, and you know, it didn't get blasted or pyroclasted or otherwise. Uh, but the backside of that has always held a lot of, um, interest for me because it is technical enough from a driving standpoint that people are kind of forced to drive a little bit slowly. So yeah, you're totally slogging it. Uh, on your bike but at the same time you're slogging it on a relatively quiet road you get scenery that's about as or i would argue in a lot of spots better than you get riding a lot of trails up near mount hood um and then there's some gorgeous camping out there too so that cool that ha yeah i always forget about our neighbor to the north so if you have biked or hiked or camped around st helens uh send us your suggestions i 
yeah, that that shot back up to my bucket list now that I remembered <laughs> that you can go do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to get up there with you um, so, before the end of the summer. When you're talking about like slogging it up the hill, is it comparable to the approach from the east and uh, on the Columbia Highway uh, mm. to, what is that? Wait, to Salmon? Crown Point. Oh, Crown Point. Yeah. yeah it, so you're coming back, like, say, from Multnomah Falls, and well, you're doing those switchbacks yeah. up to Crown Point. It's not like that. Okay. It is, I would say it's more consistent. It's more persistent in its, in its climbing. Like, you start, basically, you're on the I-5 corridor, and then you take a right turn near Battleground to head up to Cougar. Cougar being kind of the sandy equivalent of approaching Mount St. Helens. Okay. And then you get through Cougar, and from there, you get past the reservoirs, and it really starts to pick up on elevation, but it's it's consistent elevation. So you're going to be like, yep, I'm climbing, but I'm climbing at like a doable pace that is just very extended. Uh, and then you kind of get up on contour when you start getting a little bit closer to the observatory, and you do a little bit of up-down from there. So it's more just like you're you're working your way up to you know six or 7,000 feet, but you're doing it... Um, over time rather than like big freaking switchbacks okay yeah so you're gonna climb like four or five or six crown points uh <laughs> but, you're, but you're gonna do it like pers- like in a consistent fashion i might leave the cast iron at home then well you can bring the cast iron <laughs> you might just need to pick it up on the way back right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just love that area um every time i've gone out there it just reminds me of how beautiful that state is um you're kind of a Everything but the kitchen sink person. Yep. So when you get to camp, do you cook over a fire? Do you use your own stove? I am a bit odd when it comes to... I, I'm, I would say I am kitchen lazy when it comes to bike touring. Like if I can avoid cooking, by okay. all means, I will avoid cooking. Uh, so I'll typically just get a bunch of like those Wisconsin cheddar cheese balls. And then some triscuits. <laughs> That's your dinner. That's my breakfast, lunch, <laughs> and my dinner. <laughs> and so, because I, so there's, I, you and I are very different. We in are. That respect. We totally are. Yeah. Um, I, my style of touring is like low maintenance on the food end and uh-huh. high, high maintenance on the let's go explore and like stop and like get into camp at nine or 10 or 11 or 12 p.m. end of things. Like, uh-huh. there's the, you, the, I guess the two biggest things one should know about me, uh, is it's like I'm down to roll either way, but like if I can push it to sunset and like it's starting to go down, I'm like, oh wow, he's another 13 miles to this. Like we could just keep going. Like once I'm out, I want to stay out. Okay. Um, and I, I, there's this thing within like outdoor leadership circles is like always make sure you're fed before it goes, like the sun goes down. Okay. And I'm like on a personal tour, completely the opposite of that. Is like I would right. rather. I'd rather like roll in, shove some cheese and some triscuits in my mouth and just like roll up in a sleeping bag and call it a day. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm good to go for the otherwise. And I think it's because I like to sleep in a little bit in the mornings. So I tend to take my bracket of the day and just shove it like three hours ah, out from what, okay. from what I think is like a normal bracket sure. for folks touring, sure. if you will. When I'm camping, and I'm, I haven't done this enough, but I tend to like wake up once the sun is up, regardless mm-hmm. of like how late I've been up uh, that gotcha. previous day or how hard I've biked. And by wake up, day. you mean you can't go back to sleep? I cannot. Like, nope. Okay. Gotcha. No, nope. I will be up. Um, 
Yeah, I usually am the first up and starting a fire and getting everything ready mm-hmm. uh, before anyone else. Uh, dinner and camping, is, yeah, you and I are very different on that respect. Yeah. In that, like, I want to stop at a market and I want to get, like, some produce, possibly some sort of, like, like meat product or not mm-hmm. actually meat because I don't eat meat, but um, for this particular uh, round i had uh beyond meat mm-hmm. which is amazing yeah i've heard that yeah i haven't had an opportunity to try it yet if you ever find it it's not exactly cheap yeah but if you ever find it give it a sample so sidebar on my way yeah jane and i went to um homegrown smoker last night which is vegan barbecue up in north portland oh really it is i've f- never heard of this freaking amazing yeah. oh yeah oh yeah like I have gone there three times, and Jane has been there once until this previous time, almost a year apart, but I have been like trying to have it like the stars line up so that we yeah. could go again. Um, they have the best vegan food I've ever had in Portland. Really? Bar, bar none. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, nice. Sidebar over. <laughs> but anyways, so I I appreciate the approach that you have where... Stop and smell the roses, watch everything. As the sun goes down, you know, you may not have had camp yet. That's where, like, you and I definitely differ. Mm -hmm. Because I would, I'd like to think I take a leisurely leisurely pace. People who have biked with me, Anna especially, probably could tell me differently. Hmm. Um, Mostly my goal is once... Once I'm at camp, set everything up, then I can relax uh, and, okay. you know, hike around or whatever. Dinner can be the last thing we ever do, mm-hmm. but um, I still want to, like, have everything set up mm. before I'm able to, like, chill out. Would So this is interesting. Um, the way I would describe my general approach to bike camping or camping in general is avoidance of inertia. But it sounds like, like, does that ring true? I would say, I would say I can, I can definitely resonate with that. Okay. Even if our, our uh, approach yeah. might be differing, I I think the drive is the same. Okay. Yeah. Cause for me, like if I'm looking up at the stars and I'll just, I'm like, sweet, I can totally get away with not setting up my tent tonight. Like <laughs> I, I won't set up the tent. Like I'll, right. I'll grab the fly and just like sleep under that. Okay. <laughs> uh, because yeah, I, they, I, I feel like I have like some finite amount of times I can make and break camp in my body or my uh-huh. life or my like mental state. <laughs> so for some reason, I'm just like, ooh, if I can be lazy and get away with it, like I know it's kind of like Ivy was talking about with the um, with the space blanket the other week. It's like once you know that there's that point and you know what's between space blanket and like ultimate comfort. Right. You can choose to kind of go as far down that track as you want to. <laughs> so usually I tend to go more on the space bl- blanket track, uh-huh, like when uh-huh. I can. But I, I appreciate a well-built camp. Like, here's the thing. It's so creature comfort, and it's so wonderful to have a camp that's set up. I totally understand that feeling of, like, peace and ease and relaxedness, especially at the end of a long day that comes with surveying your area and being like, ah... Yes. Now I can. Yes. Now I can do this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just too lazy to get there <laughs> most times. <laughs> well, you know, that said, like some of it is maybe goal oriented. Like, for example, 
even though this was like an impromptu uh, trip out to Stub Stewart, we still like had a few things we wanted to do once we were there. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to cook over an open fire. Mm-hmm. We wanted to take advantage of the showers in the RV site because, um, you know, we'd been biking through the hottest part of the day. Uh, we wanted to do a little bit of walking around in the woods. Okay, so we arrive just a little bit before 7 p.m., and it definitely gets darker a little bit earlier once you're in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so once we were there, it was, for me anyways, it was like, go time. Okay, let's set up the tent. Let's take inventory of our food. We don't have to, like, cook it yet. Okay, now that we've set up the tent, we've taken inventory, what time do we have? Let's prioritize. Okay, let's go take a walk, then we'll go shower, then we'll go have dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was like... Oh, shit, you even shower? Yeah. Damn, son. <laughs> <laughs> which, which sounds kind of dumb, but again, we've been biking through the They're nice showers the hot, and stuff, They're Stuart. nice, yeah. and we've been biking through the hottest part of, yeah. this, oh, I understand. The, of the day. So. Um, <laughs> and you see Guthrie like trying to like cuddle into the creek as you walk over <laughs> to the showers. <laughs> <laughs> i love um, it i love it yeah so we did like a little little bit of walking and then you know went to the showers and then on the way we you know got the firewood and walked back to our site and you know the communal fire was still going so we added some more to it mm-hmm. and got to talking um it wasn't until like 10 maybe ten thirty, where like dinner was prepped cooked and served mm. And it was like the last thing we did. But again, like up until I could sort of make that game plan, I don't think I would have been able to relax. Like if we got there and Anna was like, okay, let's go hike, I might have like some issue with that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know? Even though like that was one of the things we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I really like if you're at Stub Stewart, um, taking a walk up to the top, that lookout. I went oh up there. yeah we yeah. didn't get to do that oh, shoot i forgot it's so nice it when is, I, it when is I, a cool view i went up there and i was like the only one on the top of the mount it was like midnight or some something like that yeah and like everybody's down you can see the little like there's the rv site and like people are somewhat loud and ruckus typically because the hiker biker site i feel like is super quiet past actual it tends quiet to hours be, yeah yeah um yeah and just like went up there and just kind of like surveyed the surroundings and had a moment to myself it was really nice i like it up there yeah yeah i was, I was thinking of you because i was thinking of cougars <laughs> um, because the last sighting was over a year ago but it you got was. me thinking about it it was <laughs> and so any minute now yep. i did something really dumb oh yeah and you, that... you put on your cougar bait <laughs> kind of okay uh i don't know they they tend to like leave the populist yeah. areas alone well, I was um, I was talking with some folks uh, after Film by Bike, and they were saying the population in the Portland area has actually increased. Like, I don't want to throw out a, a, a magic number, but like a lot precipitously. Okay. <laughs> so I was, for the first time in a while, I was like, "Shit, Aaron has a point." <laughs> <laughs> like in that respect, well, you have many points. So, so in the vein of that, here's the dumb thing I did. Okay. Is so we're carrying the firewood. Um, from the firewood station, which is in the RV site, mm-hmm. and we're carrying it down to our site, which is the very bottom of the Brook yep. Creek Hiker Biker site. So, what site did you stay in? I'm getting super number sausage. eleven. Oh, nice. Okay, yep, <laughs> I know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool, cool. Right. Um, 
anyways, I'm carrying it, and we get to the trailhead of where like the hiker biker mm-hmm. uh, walk in section. Quarter mile. Is. Yeah, yeah. And there's those carts. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to throw the wood in here. And it's already dark by this time. Mm-hmm. Anna and I are, are walking to our campsite, and I throw it in the cart. I started walking it down, and the carts are super noisy. Mm-hmm. And Anna made some comment of like, you know, well, definitely no predators will be coming by then. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, probably. Good point. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're making tons of noise with uh-huh. this thing. Um, and we we hadn't cooked food yet. We haven't even prepped it yet. Mm. And so I drop off the wood, and realize, well, now this thing has to go back up there. Yep, it's already dark. Mm-hmm. It's probably it. It may not have been quite ten o'clock, but it's pushing close to ten o'clock at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was like, okay, let's walk it up. And here's where I should have just said, you're right, let's walk this up together. And you're like, no, I got it. Us. And I said, yeah, no, we're running out of time. Can would you mind like cutting up the food? I'll take this up and See, then that was I'll, your I'll cook the rest. You're supposed to say, can you take it, dear? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would have flown that, at that, all. That at all. is facetious of me. Yeah, well, and she wouldn't. She wouldn't do that. Qualifier. Like, no, totally joking. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so I I take it up there, and then I realize, like, wait a minute, I am hiking alone mm-hmm. in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know the thing that they say you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get killed by a cougar. Because <laughs> this is what you do just on the regular. Well, <laughs> so I'm like comparing your experience in like basically 30 feet away from the place that I camped a few <laughs> weeks prior. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, huh. So I got in at 1130, walked my bike into the campsite, set up my camp, and then I took a walk through the side path up to the top of the mountain, hung out there for like an hour, walked back through the side path, took another side path around the that side, side path. path. Now, if I remember correctly, there's some long grasses mm-hmm. around there. Mm-hmm. Like, I was basically pretty walking good opportunity for a predator to hide something itself. Something like that. I, all, all I know is that I spent at least some combination of an hour, maybe an hour and a half walking on trails that weren't like the that weren't the, like, get to where you need to go trails. Right. Because I was like, ooh, I wonder where this trail goes. <laughs> it's, like, midnight, midnight 30 or something Do like that. Do you at least, like, carry your keys on your belt? Uh, like, so they'll jingle around? No, I'm stupid about it. I like to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like... I just want to enjoy the woods. So what yeah. I do is I actually... I I typically carry my keys and I have, got like, a little Leatherman, um, like, bottle opener. Uh-huh. So actually, I do hold that, but I hold it silent because I like to hear the woods. And my theory is that, and this is totally like, don't do this at home, kids. Uh, my theory is that like I would be able to hear like the soft pad of a, of a cougar. Like, oh, you pouncing. would, huh? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> no no doubt about it. With no, your super no hearing? No doubt about it. No, with my human <laughs> hearing, which is terrible. Well, okay, so let's let's clarify. Let's, let's gauge. My mic is at our... a quarter right now. Yeah. Or my, my, my monitors are at a quarter. What, what are yours at, Aaron? Uh, oh. Not quite a half. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting doing better. Good today. I'm, I'm backing them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm that person who wears earplugs at every concert. Uh, the so like you know I just that's why I go out there is to have experiences like that. And like honestly, it's not that I to hear like, the woods. And I'm not. The, yeah, I don't seek to engage in risky behaviors. I seek to engage in 
the ability to be smaller than the place that I am. Oh, yeah. And that's what does it for me. This this brings me to a thought I had is what what is like the point of camping? And I don't I don't mean this in like a facetious way. Like what is the point of camping? What is the goal that we're trying to get to? Mm-hmm. Um cuz and I'm going to bring a, a little bit of like old man anger here. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause there was a number of campers that like brought their stereo system and, you know, was playing it up until like quiet hours started. They were respectful enough to turn it off. That like, is awesome. Quiet, quiet hours started. So that was cool. Kudos. Yeah. But also in the meantime, like why go out to, I, I even <laughs> yeah. had the thought, yep. I even had the thought I had speaker in my hand. It was like, well, this would be cool to like have while we're riding. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, no, that's not why I'm going out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the city. This is not why I'm escaping the I'm not, urban jungle. I'm not hiking Eagle and... Creek Trail to listen to your boombox. I'm hiking <laughs> to hike. Right. Right. Um, yeah. First off, why did we start camping like as a people mm. to begin with? Is is this like a way to kind of reconnect with nature? And in which case, like, and this is maybe more of an open question, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody listening to to respond. Like, are are we out there to reconnect? For me personally, it's even less about reconnecting to nature as it is kind of like what you said, to be smaller than our surroundings. Like, I don't look at the stars and go like, wow, I'm so awesome. Look at these stars. I, I look at the stars and go like. Well, I do. <laughs> well, okay, never mind. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I like. I like realize like yeah. our, our insignificance and how like sort of finite we all really are. Totally. It, uh, well, I think you kind of hit on a big component of it. It lends perspective. Yeah. And it's hard to get perspective sometimes. Camping does it in a way that seems to scratch that itch pretty well. Okay. I think for a lot of folks, uh, if I think of it more from a recent history standpoint, the amount of time that we as like an entire species have spent in the woods versus the amount of time we spent not in the woods is far outnumbered. Oh yeah. So in my mind, like we don't evolve at the speed at which our technologies and our society to a degree and our uh, life around us evolves. Oh, most definitely. Right. So I think not camping as a sense of like, Oh, I've got to get back to nature, but as a sense of like, I need to make sense of my head and like how it's going and what do I think about the world? It coming back to perspective, I think lends that in a way that is seldom gained through other means. Mm, so intriguing. yeah, that that's like, that's my hot take on it. Uh, I think I have more feelings than that surrounding it, especially in regards to who can camp and who ha- and like how can we get everybody to camp or is camping really the goal and all the things in between that but from a like personal standpoint i really believe in the power that it can have on yeah. sort of influencing one's psyche and that that's very uh it's very therapeutic in a sense it's like free therapy right on yeah yeah so anyway thoughts all from right. guthrie thank you Totally. Next up, plans for the, other plans for the summer. Other where, plans. where are you going? Where am I? What going? are you doing? What am I doing? Yes. Well, are you finally fixing up that Porsche that has been sitting in your car? 
<laughs> or in your in your car in your garage. I am. I've got a Porsche from my Porsche. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw an awesome picture, by the way, of this like tricked out like Porsche uh-huh. with two bikes like mounted to the top of it. Have you seen the Porsche's uh, bikes? No. So they make bikes. Yeah, check this out. Or they brand them, maybe. Exactly. But, yeah. I'm sure it's a like white label or something like yeah. that. So Porsche, there are Porsche bikes. Uh, we've repaired a couple at the bike shop over the years. And basically, when you go to a car dealership, they want to make it seem appealing and like accessible. And like they want to like feed your, I guess, imagination about what's okay. possible, about what you can unlock by buying their vehicles. So they'll stick like bikes that are like maybe $50 bikes on the back on a rack on a Porsche <laughs> or something like <laughs> okay. that. So that you're like, oh, I can see myself like mountain biking on this Porsche uh-huh, that's uh-huh. on the back of my Cayenne or something like that. Yeah. Uh you what uh you make me uh laugh about is uh this is i'm I'm gonna like bring back super old super super I'm, like, by the way googling this as you as you totally. talk about no it's a thing um like a bunch of car companies do it porsche as well uh it, it's it's basically to like sell more cars because people who have an ethos of outdoor or active act actism anyway i'm not gonna attempt that word thanks to the beer mongers uh <laughs> But the the uh I'm yeah southeast division in twelve exactly thank you the yeah they try to like sell you the dream right uh but anyway my oh yeah there's some gems here yeah no they're, they're like they're actually not like they are they're above the Walmart special oh like, yeah d- a decent amount of the time yeah so um when I it, they span the full range too like from mountain to road yep. to totally to even there's a bunch of hybrids mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I've been like semi tempted to make an offer on the next one I see, just because I think it's like kind of hilarious. Because yeah. then I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I have a Porsche bicycle." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> subtext. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, the graduation ceremony or whatnot said like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And uh, on record, I was like, "I want to be a Porsche dealer." So like, <laughs> really? Oh, I kid you not. <laughs> I, not even joking you. So cut to, check this out. My mom uh, brought over like the family photos and uh, in it was like Guthrie's photo album where like I put all the photos that I cherish the most. And there's this whole like book of photos from fifth grade where we went to the international auto show in Portland and it's like me standing next to, next Porsches, to Porsches just like oh. grinning my fucking ears off. Uh, That's great. I have the mighty have fallen. Classic. I know. Right. And then I like went to college and didn't have a car and that was the best thing that ever <laughs> freaking happened to me. Um, thanks mom and dad. So, but yeah, anyway, it's so I like to think about owning a Porsche bike every now and then. Cause I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> Time travel is possible. You go back to young Guthrie who says, I wanna I wanna be a Porsche dealer. Yep. <laughs> you go like, kid, you don't know the half of it. I know, right? <laughs> Gosh. If that is so true. Um, yeah, so I I'm keeping that photo album for yeah, another couple totally. of years at least. Oh um, my gosh. If there's a way, like once you get your Porsche branded mm-hmm. car or bike jesus <laughs> i there's something in the kombucha there's got too. to be yeah um if there's a way to turn that into a spoke card and just mm. put that, <laughs> that i want to be a porsche dealer yep. in there totally <laughs> my other profession was a porsche dealer <laughs> <laughs> oh totally yeah it's 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 like 
no degree of ending hilarity. That's awesome. <laughs> and, like, how much I've changed. Right. Anyway, um, so that's a tidbit about me that you now know. Right. And... So, summer other plans, plans, future plans. Well, I think I want to do a lot of bicycling. And mostly I want to allow myself to feel confident taking time off work to go do bicycling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, St. Helens sounds amazing. We might have a thing going with Brock in oh, regards yeah. to a bike trip in late September. Yep. And I'm very much looking forward to that. My other, like, I get more of a pipe dream right now would be to taking time like a week or maybe a week and a half off doing something like a north to south trip through Oregon, maybe, maybe the coast. I've already, I've already done the coast. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I don't love the coast, but I'm so much more of a mountain kid. So I really? kind of, Oh, yeah. Oh yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Can't emphasize that enough. Like all, do you think you'll do the like bike to timberline and then climb Mount hood? Well, so that, the timber trail has like kind of got my fancy. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's like a month worth of biking to like start to finish, but they have sections of it. So like just keeping an ear out for a mountain bike that I could just like give a friend some beer money for and like pay for it. If anything bad happens to <laughs> right? it, that kind of okay. deal. Uh, so that, that like is definitely tickling a little bit. Um, but I think also, in regards to travel, I might have the opportunity to go to New York in September. Um, and if not, I might try to make it to the land of the true hot dog. Frankfurt, Kentucky? Exactly. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, or a Chicago-style hot dog. Chicago-style. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we will see. Um, I, yeah, don't have anything, like, super planned, but I think my plan is to leave more space for right on. leisure in a sense of uh, trying to escape from it all. Nice. Yeah, you've had pretty, I don't want to say a hard summer, but you've had a pretty packed summer as far as like I would say I've work had responsibilities. Very active summer. Okay. Might put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like kind of like, well, it's literally like learning languages. <laughs> it right. takes time. Yep. <laughs> and it's frustrating. And you don't like make a lot of progress sometimes and you have to be nice to yourself and say, that's okay. You don't have to understand this. Yeah. Just come back to it. It'll eventually make sense. So, yeah, you know, just may maybe feeling um, feeling settled enough in the knowledge that I do have to then take time to also have a mental uh, space as well. Right. On. So uh, I guess now may be as good a time as any. Uh, folks on twitter may have seen that filmed by bike posted a job opening for a new film coordinator for the 2020 season so you're taking on a partner exactly <laughs> you're taking on a second well i'm stepping down <laughs> yeah from my role uh it has been a absolute privilege and a amazing opportunity to work with the team with film by bike and um what i have found is that um this season was really fantastic, and I feel incredibly proud of the work that everybody has done in that project. Um, sometimes when you want to do things, you need to step back. And I think more accurately, having been involved in the organization for as long as I have, what I'm really excited about is allowing an opportunity for somebody else to step forward. And so I look forward to seeing somebody in that role um, and then 
in that capacity as well. I'm going to be very involved with the festival in the ways that I still can be, uh, uh-huh. but not in that role. And that's going to allow me to do a little bit more of uh, that that itch, I guess, that we might have talked about last episode yep. where I'm looking forward to traveling a little bit <laughs> right again on. Yeah. and taking my bike in tow. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, um, yeah, if I could do both, I totally would. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't think it would be... Um, I don't think it would be fair and I don't think it would be the right decision to try to balance those two things. So, right. um, yeah, super excited that, um, I'm able to take the opportunity and also wishing all the best to film by bike and the crew. Um, yeah, amazing organization, like cannot stress enough how, yeah, again, how privileged I feel to have worked with that, that team. So that's kind of like my big summer news, yeah. which, uh, also, is going to allow for a little bit more biking and right on. travel yeah, yeah. and that kind of jazz. So, that's that's like, pretty amazing. I'm very sad, but I'm also very excited. Right. Yeah. Right. And also in the same vein, any of you listening in the Portland area or looking yeah. for work, there's a job opening for you. Totally. Yeah. Like yeah. go to filmbybike.org and uh, if if you've gained nothing from our talking about filmed by bike over the course of my involvement with the show. <laughs> like, yeah, cannot stress enough. Um 100% a stand-up organization. Like yeah. it is a it is a absolute pleasure to work with Aileen and and film by bike. So, um like I I probably will be doing the the very rare Twitter post that I do these days yeah. uh, with the job position being like this is what you want to do even if you don't know it yet. This is what you want <laughs> this to is do. This is what you want. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. So, um yeah, all the best to the crew and um Looking forward to the possibilities that that opens up and also, like I said, to um, bringing some new voices to the table and really having an opportunity to grow and to uh, experience the festival in that fashion. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. I would say that would be a good time to transition into our calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do one more plug? It's Fig Week, everybody. I'm not sure if you're a fig, fig person. Week. Yes, Fig Week. Why does that sound? Did we talk about this last week? I don't, I don't know. We talked about Maybe. figs. <laughs> Probably <know> did. <laughs> so I'm a fruit person. Like, I'm not sure. So we don't have like a video of it or anything, but like when I eat bananas, I can't actually control my face. Like I just get this like very um, guttural pleasure out of bananas as a fruit. And figs are, like, right up there on my list. The figs have been amazing this summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We've got, like, six trees in our neighborhood. Right. And you would be... This was definitely mentioned last week. Oh, yeah. not on the record, we talked about it. I'm just like, this is me being so happy about it that, like, even if we talked about it last week, good grief, go eat some figs. They're so freaking good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That, so, like, (laughs) I've basically been taking, like, 10 or 15 walks a day after where I get off work and it's like, Ooh, let's go get yeah. a fig. Oh, I got back. No, I need more figs. So well, then I go and take another walk. And they're only good for a really small period of time. Yes. The, as far as fruits go. The, there are, and I don't know the, the varieties, but you'll find uh, more of a brownish skinned fig in a lot of supermarkets. I feel like they're more shelf stable, but what I'm used to is what I, I'm just going to call them the green figs. Okay. Um, and so when they're nice and plump, like you can squeeze the fig and it uh, doesn't resist its form. Uh, 
they're just the sweetest, most like crackly, yummy. <clears throat> oh, they're such a good fruit. Yeah. Are, are they? I hope they're fruit. Anyway, they're, sure they are. Exactly. No, they're fantastic, and uh, that that's like literally been the rest of my week is walking around our neighborhood and eating, eating figs, figs off of trees. Amazing. All right, now I'm here ready. we go. I love, I love, I love, I love. Don't don't ever use that. The second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. And last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. The first Saturday of every month is the Civil Unrest Ride. And every second Sunday of every month, right here in Portland, the Corvidae Bike Club Ride. Couple new events happening. Actually, this is part of what I wanted to talk about is there is still so many cool bike events mm-hmm. in the Portland area. Hashtag Afterpalooza. Afterpalooza, yes. And usually, like in years past, that that uh, it sort of fizzles out by the second week of July, but it's still going strong and well into August. Oh, we yeah. Got a, few, uh, a few cool events happening. Uh, July 29th is the slide ride with Olive and Dingo. This is a family-friendly ride. Uh, they say, calling all toddler humans and those learning to ride their bikes, trikes, or human-powered vehicles of choice, grab your gear and a responsible guardian and join us for some practice-makes-progress riding with Olive and Dingo. And July 30th is the Taller Debussy... I'm sorry, Are I stuck you with that one. No, it was actually sun glare on my screen. Oh. I couldn't, I couldn't see the title there. Well, it's also, I don't know what language that is. It, I don't want to say it's Spanish. It looks like Spanish, but there's some words I don't recognize. It is, however, happening at Bikes for Humanity, a free repair shop as part of our summer series supported by Southeast Uplift. And to clarify, it's actually not at Bikes for Humanity. Oh. Um, I'm sorry, I did not put that in the. It's uh, all good in the notes. Um, That's okay. They are <laughs> they are locating for this event over at the Portland Mercado. Um, oh, on sweet. 72nd and Foster. That's and a great so spot. They will run right into also on that night the Foster Night Ride. Says, come eat and drink and socialize with your friends and neighbors at the Portland Mercado. Get a dollar off your draft beer and have the ride of your life. And August 4th is the Rough Stuff Ramble. There's plenty of, quote, pockets of country that can be found without leaving the city limits. Expect a 15-mile, moderately paced exploration, no-drop ride with a mixture of paved, unpaved, a hill or two, and a lot of places you probably haven't been to. September 21st, we mentioned last week, is Intergalactic Surly Day. Intergalactic Surly Day. Check out where in your area that is being celebrated. Here in Portland, it will be celebrated at Base Camp Brewing. I really want them to drop the Beastie Boys mix for that Oh, ride. yes. Like, just putting they it out They definitely there. should. If, if that wasn't hinted already. <laughs> Everyone should just roll up with that plane on repeat. Booyah. Uh, August 14th is the Peace Town E-Scoot Throwdown. And we mentioned film by bike earlier. Here are some tour dates. Woohoo! Missoula, Montana on September 1st. I'm so sorry. September 15th. Bendigo, Australia, October 4th. Akron, Ohio, November 3rd. I think it's very apt. I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt from Bendigo, Australia. Yes. Right now. Uh, the organizers for that showing have visited Portland. 
fantastic folks and doing an amazing job of making biking friendly, accessible, and bike fun in their city of Bendigo. So, nice. shout out to Bendigo in particular. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as we can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the nightlight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. From bikeportland.org, this is the future of Northwest NATO Parkway. Peabot not only shared info about current and upcoming projects, but also used the event to promote Bike Town, TriMet Hop Passes, and electric scooters. Bolt was giving away free helmets. If we want to move the needle, it's not enough to just build infrastructure. We have to use every tool that we have to pry people's hands off of their steering wheels. Yes. Did we mention this in the headlines last week about um, the people who help uh, sort of organize uh, tourism in and around the gorge? Uh, mentioning that gorge pedal or not gorge pedal, just in and around the gorge itself. Uh, um, I, don't, I don't think so. So, anyways, they mentioned that they just they have a car problem over there. In mm. that there are just too many people driving through the gorge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that sort of uh, butts into our next headline, but also it just that quote you just read reminded me of that as well. Like, mm-hmm. there's. We just got to, there's nothing more, as far as improvements, there's only so much we can do. We just got to stop driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. As, as well, I, I'm not going to put words into Peter Kunz's mouth because that would be wrong, but you can make one thing easier or you can make another thing harder or you yes. can do both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, this also came to us from Bike Portland, a sneak peek at the new car-free section of the historic Columbia River Highway. This new section begins just east of Cascade Locks and will provide walkers and rollers a car-free path around Shell Rock Mountain. This has historically been the most unpleasant and dangerous gap in the entire historic highway where riders would have to pedal on a shoulder of Interstate 84 with people driving big trucks and RVs at high speed. And stopping randomly on the curb. Yes. Um... I think it was Russ and Laura mm-hmm. of the Path Less Pedal. They called that like the turn of death. Yep. Yeah. The wall of death. Or the wall of death. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> also around that turn, there isn't much of a shoulder either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, you have to commit. You actually do. Yeah. You have to commit all the way to yeah. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting or interesting, as Brock would say. <laughs> yes. Hey, and guess what we have this week? Mm-hmm. You have delivered in spades. Thank you so much, listeners. It's been great to hear from you. Hey, we got mail. More on Aaron's Brompton order. Just heard the last show. Enjoyed it as usual. Thanks. We enjoyed it too. Last week, I happened to rebuild my Brompton's 16-inch wheel to add a dynamo hub. This was the third wheel I've helped to build and the first one that I've trued to completion myself. Congrats, by the way. Yeah. That is a very satisfying feeling. Learned a lot. Photo and wheel on the stand is attached. Happy cycling, Jason Oftenberg. Jason, I have to say, you have been killing it on your social media feeds. Oh, yeah? Um, I, it's yeah. such a pleasure to like see what you're doing and um, yeah, all the support I can lend from Portland down to Florida. Thank you for uh, contributing. This is a good-looking wheel, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
Also, if you look at this picture, you can see a uh, a chain ring hanging out right down there. Also a very good looking chain ring. Booyah. Um, so I think it was just yesterday. I posted a photo on Instagram. I don't think you've seen this, so I'm going to bring it up. Okie doke. Hit me and with your best shot. The photo I posted, I was also soliciting some advice, um, just essentially saying like, hey, uh, I noticed this thing. Oh, yeah. Should I be worried about this thing? <laughs> These are and, pretty golden, actually, as far as yeah. the, the comments go. So, I, did you see this picture then? I didn't see the picture, oh, okay. but I saw every so, comment following it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is, down my Brooks saddle, a crease just a bit off-center. Mm-hmm. And that crease was formed by the seam down the middle of the rear of my pants. It's not lupus. It's not lupus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my question was, it's off-center. Mm. It's actually quite off-center to the left. And is this something I should worry about? Is this not? And we've gotten a lot of advice. Mm-hmm. Velo.mode says, many, many people favor to one side. I see it on rides all the time. Just seems to be down to each rider. TNT Moriv says, all of my brooks on three separate bikes have broken in with more sag on the left. Hey, we got that in common. I thought the first one years ago had bad leather, so I had it replaced under warranty. The next one did the same, and then its siblings. So I realized it was me being left heavy or something. Interesting. No excessive saddle wear, never saddle sores, so now I just accept it and move on. And not conforming to my shape is probably why the permanently symmetrical cambiums don't play well with my anatomy on longer rides. Have you been on the cambiums? So check it out as part of Gladys Saddle Library. Library. I totally am. And uh, we are recording the episode today, but the cambium with the relief cutout should have just gotten back today. So Uh I'm going to try to swing by tomorrow and snag it. I would like to hear your review on the cambium with the relief cutout because I had the cambium without. And I loved it. Okay. For the first 15 miles. Ooh. Yeah. And then I hated it. Okay. I, um, I and I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's just something like I got to I got to come to terms with. Mhm. And it eventually became like like a 50 mile or less saddle for me. And in the rain. Interesting. No dice. No dice on rain? Yeah. That's like something about the way the rain meets the saddle Uh and my jeans is like Velcro. Ew. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to try it out. Um I have thus far tried one oh crumb. I'm gonna forget the name of it. A saddle. And then another saddle. <laughs> but the uh, one I have on currently... Leather not, or synthetic? Uh, synthetic. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, what I have noticed with the synthetic saddles is, at this point in time, crazy uncomfortable for, like, the first 10 minutes. And then I think I just kind of get over that phase, and I'm like, ah, you're comfortable. So now I've been on two comfortable saddles. Um, this is the part where, like, I'm probably just going to have to swallow my pride. Like, everything on my bike is black. Oh. And the saddle is not. Oh. And that might be a deal breaker. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I don't we'll know see. if I could, I could come to terms with that. I don't either. know either. It's just, it's such a departure from what I'm like going for. <laughs> right. Uh, but at the end, comfort is key, or at least that's yep. what they say. So yep. you're like, would you put up with a less comfortable saddle if it like looked good? 
maybe <laughs> so we'll see um yeah i'm tr- actually i'm i'm dropping by gladys yeah. to check out the so okay another point i feel like they should have called it the cambrium cambrium instead of cambrium as, as in the cambrium, cambrium explosion it's oh yes so the yes. no, small sidebar yeah. <laughs> two saddle names but yeah no i'm excited to try it i feel like at this point i've, I've tried two saddles that i actually enjoy uh-huh. um but i have what i have not done is take them out on a 50 mile ride uh, so yes. what i think i'll do is take my best shot then do that then make a final decision have you tried the terry flyer maybe i'll have to ask okay yeah i think it's called the, Fl- the flyer or is it the falcon Okay, I'll check it out. Terry makes the saddle. It's possibly my most favorite non-leather okay. saddle. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got um, I'm tra- I'm on a specialized saddle right now. But oh yeah. I have I have some reservations about having a specialized saddle. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Go on. I, they have not impressed me with their ability to welcome women into cycling. Oh. And the Playboy Bunny bike that they did a few years ago just kind of turned me off their brand for oh, good. Yeah. So, yeah. like, yeah. it could be the most comfortable saddle in the world, but I'd still kind of prefer to go with a different company, sure. like, all things being equal. Because uh, I don't really think that that is where the cycling industry should be, like, be focusing right. on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's total, like, Guthrie being moralistic, but at the same time, it's my saddle. So, yeah. I'm going to choose what I want to well, choose. And money is is your value. Like um, yeah. money is your expression of your value, or yeah. how you spend your money is an expression of what you value. Certainly, I was just yeah. I was just very under impressed yeah. with their decision to do that. So right I'll leave on. it at that. Yeah. Um. Some more on my saddle though. Eric Weiss says, "Are you sure your seam is perfectly centered on your pants?" I I'm not sure actually. That could very well be it. Um. Daniel Earl, past guest, has said. I'm not a bike fitter, so take this for what it's worth, but I remember reading sometime back that many people benefit from a cutout saddle, but some people sit naturally crooked on the saddle and will see no benefit from the cutout. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel that, and this is not super common, like, one leg pushes harder or it's, like, not longer in a sense, but from a... Physical. Much in the same way that you're right-handed or left-handed, yeah. you might be right-footed or left-footed. Yeah. Okay. And maybe that, like, it does. It's not like longer per se, but it prefers or it has a preference mm. towards like one side of wearing or wear, perhaps. Um. Oh, go on. Mike Cobb says, "I wonder about leg length discrepancy and <laughs> hey, there we go, and hip yep. flexibility discrepancy. Shoe shims might be good. Who knows?" Um. Shim, sh- shoe shims. I don't know. <laughs> I have I have maybe some prejudice against shoe shims. Shoe shims band name yeah. calling it. Uh, Tato Suman Sumantri Sumantri. I apologize for butchering your last name. The short answer is that if you're not experiencing any physio- physiological issues, then it's not a concern. Which I will say for clarity's sake, I'm not. Question mm. mark. Mm. <laughs> That said, if your hips aren't square to the saddle when you're putting pressure on your, then you are putting pressure on your soft tissue, which is not good. Fitters will talk about being sure you're on your sit bones, sizing and locating the saddle such that you are on your sit bones and not on your glutes or other soft tissue. So it's worth being mindful of while you ride and perhaps a conversation with a certified fitter. Hey. Yeah. 
We've got I an was, episode with a certified fitter. <laughs> we do. And I was I was maybe partially like trying to uh bait the water mm. for them to to chime in and and they haven't yet. You should at them. I, I totally bet they will. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah tag them in the post. Yeah. Ke- Kevin's on that. Totally. Um but yeah, uh I will reveal a a piece about me that a lot of people don't know is that I was born with a tilted hip Hmm. and it was never corrected until I was 18 because it was never noticed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What is that process? What did that look like? Uh, Lots of chiropractic uh, care. Okay. And, and realigning that part of my spine until it came into, um, I don't know what (laughs) the term I would use if it was a bike is uh, tolerable parameters. (laughs) Okay. You're like, Hey, you're within spec. Yeah. Nice. Well, keep, um, keep it point oh one. So it's possible, you know, mm. it's one leg is, well, definitely one leg is longer than the other um, because of that. However, the theory we worked on was that it they would even out after evening out the hip. In all honesty, I've never gone back to check to see if, like, maybe that mm. is true. Mm-hmm. Have you had a bike fitting recently? Ah, uh, no, not recently. Okay. I had one like years and years ago. Natalie Ramslin oh. of Sweet Pea yeah, was yeah. kind enough to do that. Totally. For me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, And yeah, she might be one of the only people in, she's definitely the first within the bike industry that, that knew or that I told that I was born with a tilted hip because mm-hmm. it was never an issue. Yeah. You know, until my back went out when I was 18. And they were like, why did your back go out? You oh. are a young, strong man. What happened? Oh, look at this. Your <laughs> bu- your hip is like 13 degrees off kilter. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, well, thank you for, for divulging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I feel like we're both sharing secrets. Yeah. Or, or I, w- I would say it's a secret because we're both it's divulging just so inconsequential. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's funny because the Pathless Pedal this week, um, I, and I'm totally going to give them a shout out because they're right awesome. On. Yeah, they're freaking they're great awesome. People. Uh, Russ did like a five things you might not know about us. And I was oh, like, yeah? I was like kind of scared to watch it because I was like, oh God, I've been kind of like following up on them since uh, the like uh, 2010, 2011 or so. Uh-huh. And I scored a three out of five. So I still felt pretty oh, good. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's a fun episode. Anywho. Um, hi, Russ and Laura, by the way. Hope things are good over there. Yeah. Happy fishing. They sound good. Happy happy bike life. Happy supple life. Yes. Well, this is it. We we have killed almost an hour and a half here. Actually doing good. Actually, we've killed a little bit more than that. Excellent. (laughs) So. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to everybody who's written in. Please keep them coming. And here we go. The Sparker Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support of OpenSignal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Call or text 
or email to the Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams the Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellemgard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be home soon, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's sitting across from me, What? Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary, Campsite. Magnus David, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, thanks for writing, thanks for writing in, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite Ryan Morrow Jimmy Diesel Dude Luna Matthew Ricks Marshall Paula at Funatake Cyclecraft Philip M Spartan Dale No Relation Mr. T Who Never Really Left Bike Initiative Kiwana Sarah G Adam D Go Dig a Hole Beth Hammond And Greg Murphy And all of our former donors who helped us get this far Now brush your teeth And go to bed <laughs>